Hi, this is Jim Robbins, and this is part two of my interview with Dwight Edwards, author of the book Revolution Within. And in this part, we'll be discussing some of the resources, in other words, those new inclinations, appetites, desires, dispositions, purities of our new heart, so that we don't have to live a pressured Christian life where we're desperately trying to act like Jesus, but rather we get to rely on those new resources that God has deposited in our new hearts, our new nature so that our Christian life can be one where God is releasing something good, those new appetites and desires and inclinations, rather than our striving or assuming that something needs to be fixed. It's not about fixing something, it's about releasing the good that God himself has given us in our new nature. So here it is, part two. So, um, if if it's about releasing something, not fixing something, then what are those resources that you talk about? Uh, let's just mention two or three of those um, that are a part of our new nature that do allow us to um, live this Christ-wrought life. Well, yes. Um, you know, I was going to say, as you're talking about that, you know, somebody's well said, the Christian life is the process of becoming who we are. Hmm. And I think that's just a great way to look at it. You know, it, it's not that, um, you know, we become something we never were. I mean, the moment we trust Christ, he takes up residence within. And, you know, the entirety of the Christian life is, you know, I think trying to make actual uh, or, or practical what actually occurred the moment we trusted Christ. Um, and so, I, you know, when a person trusts Christ, I think there's, there's, there's four things that happen uh, simultaneously uh, for unalterable uh, realities, and, you know, they go by different words. But, you know, the first is what we could just call the new purity, and that, that's really one of the essential promises of the New Covenant. Uh, Jeremiah 31, there's sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Uh, Ezekiel 36, he says, I will wash you with clean water, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. And, you know, on the whole, the church is pretty good on that, I think, uh, that, you know, the moment we trust Christ um, for the forgiveness of sins, we become a believer, then the sin issue is taken care of, eternity is squared away, um, you know, there's no, no condemnation now, we're ready to move on. No, obviously, um, you know, it's easy to fall back into guilt and shame that the blood of Christ took away, but we're not counting on it. So. Uh, but that's what I would call more of the uh, forensic, if you will, the external uh, side. It, it's what you know Paul would call simply justification hmm. in the in the Book of Romans. Uh, and in fact, I think the Book of Romans is fascinating because really, you know, the first um, eight chapters are dedicated to what's different about us, who who we are in Christ, and then it's only in chapters twelve through sixteen that we get practical things that we're supposed to do. But all those resources, I think, are found in, in Romans itself. I, I think the second great um, reality of the New Covenant is what uh, could be called the new identity. Um, and the idea is that, uh, you know, we're no longer who we used to be in that we are inseparably united with the person of Jesus Christ, and we no longer have the option of thinking of ourselves and Christ separately. Uh, I think it was uh, Luther who said, um, you know, that if someone should knock at the door of my heart, I would not answer Martin Luther, but Jesus Christ. And he'd be exactly right. Uh, mm -hmm. Calvin said, the moment I consider Christ and myself as two, T-W-O, I am gone. Mm -hmm. and, and he's exactly right. 
Now, obviously, as terms of the, the Lord of the universe and us, there's, you know, there's light years difference. But in terms of who we are now, we are you know, new creations in Christ. Not forgiven sinners, but new creations in Christ. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And so the believer, I like to say this, the believer has the best self-image possible because it's a gifted self-image and mm. because it's a, it's a relaxed self-image that just enjoys the utter sufficiency of Christ and is no longer grasping to try to prove oneself. There's no need to prove ourselves anymore. We, we are as secure as we can possibly be. You know, we have the best self-image because it's really a Christ image that we can possibly have. Which uh, is third, uh, sure. let me if I just interrupt for a second. Which which is really um, kind of uh, the opposite of what the world's answer to shame is. The world's answer to shame is is often just try to see yourself as worthy, to um, to conjure up this sense of value, rather than accepting the, the bestowed value that Christ would give you. Um, you're right. It's it's so much easier to. That's why it's an easy yoke. Whereas right. whereas trying to deal with shame apart from a new identity, a new purity, disposition, and power, you're you're trying to conjure up something that you think really isn't there. Exactly, exactly. And I like to put it this way: that you know the the, the hope for our sense of self worth or self esteem is not the power of positive thinking, but it's the wonder of united identity. Mm. Um, you know, he's not asking us to try to figure out ways we can feel good about ourselves, uh, as you mentioned. You know, what he's saying is, no, just, just in humble uh, dependency, fall back on who you're united to. You know, find your wonder and your significance, you know, and your, um, you know, self-esteem, if we want to call it that, uh, in, in the person who indwells you. And, and you cannot possibly be uh, more righteous or more secure or more competent uh, than being, you know, uh, engrafted into the person of Christ. And so, um, you know, I, I like to, to think of it this way. It, what justification teaches us is that when God looks at us, before he ever sees us, he sees Jesus. Uh, you know, our life is hidden with him uh, uh, in Christ uh, before God. And so when he looks at us, he sees Jesus first. And I think the new identity says that we should follow God's lead. You know, that when we think of ourselves, we should do what God does, and that is be sure that we see Christ before we see ourselves. Right. And and actually, because of that union with him, uh, I think a lot of people would say, well, you know, I do see myself as in Christ, but it's still this artificial separation, this duality where right. – um, Christ is kind of covering up a dirty mess. <laughs> um, right. And so that God, God the Father has to wear these sort of Jesus rose-colored glasses because he can't, well, no, he really can look on you because he really has made the core of your identity and personhood the same as that he's made his own son. So right. he, he's, that's why he's not turning away. Um, that's why you can have the confidence, as Hebrews says, to stand before God because... Your identity and your purity is shared with Christ, and you're not pretending to be someone holier than you are. You actually are that new creation, that um, that person possessed of the identity and tendencies of Jesus' own heart. 
Exactly. Yeah. The way I, uh, I feel and I put it in the book is uh, I, I think that most believers see themselves uh, like costume jewelry, and, mm. and the point is that costume jewelry is uh, inherently worthless metal that is covered by something attractive, so it sells, you know, and, and so forth. And I think believers, so many believers, see themselves as covered by the blood of Christ, but fundamentally they are this worthless metal. They are sinners through and through, but fortunately they're covered by the blood of Christ. And, and you know, that's partially true. We are covered by the blood of Christ. But uh, you know, the way I can illustrate is I think what's, what's closer to our complete reality is that we're tarnished silver. And what I mean by that is that you know, what is most central and most true about us is that there is something wonderfully new about us, where it's the silver. But that's not to take away the reality that, you know, until we hit heaven, there is the flesh or the sinesh, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's still hanging around. It's still giving us trouble, but it doesn't define who we are. It's not, it's not the most central part of who we are. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's why I say that there's always something deeper in the believer than the tarnish, you know, than their, their sin or their jealousy or, you know, perversion or whatever it is. You know, there is that new nature residing within that is living and is vital and is, is, is ready to come out, you know, the moment we'll allow it. So we've talked about, um, t- about two of the resources, the new purity, the new identity. Let's just um, briefly uh, hit on the last two, which is a new disposition which I think is really part of the most missing piece of this for the church today, uh, 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 and a new power. Yeah, I would. I, I absolutely agree with you. This new disposition, I think, is the single greatest untaught truth in Christendom, and I don't think it's by mistake. I, I, I'm, I'm confident that Satan has been very, very careful to try to keep this under wraps mm-hmm. as best he can. Uh, for the very simple reason that, that the new disposition is simply the, the thought that the desire to do the will of God is the gift of God. It's not the result of self-discipline. It's not the result of maturity. Uh, it's not the result of trying hard to conjure up you know, these emotions for God. It's saying, no, wait a minute. You know, when we became believers and God invaded the interior of our being, one of the great benefits there is he gave us new taste buds. I delight to do your will, oh my God, your law is in my heart, Psalm 40, uh, verse 8. That's what Jeremiah means when he says that the law of God is written on our hearts, and Jeremiah says that we're given a heart of flesh, you know, Ezekiel says we're given a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. And so, um, you know, and then Paul will pick that up in Philippians 2 and say, for it is God continually at work in you both to desire and to do on behalf of his goodwill. And I, I think, you know, as believers, we're pretty aware of the fact that he does give this new power, but, you know, oftentimes almost completely ignorant of the reality that along with the power also comes the new desires. And so, um, you know, this, I think, is just such a, a huge, huge truth. And, you know, I used to, I, I said in the book, I, I, for many years as a pastor, I, I, I looked at myself and I looked at, at, the, at the people in front of me, and my approach to ministry is what I like to call the eat your vegetables approach. And so what I meant by that is, you know, I know you don't want to do this, but it's good for you, so go ahead and do it. So kind of the idea is I looked at the people in front of me, and my assumption was I know you don't want to do the will of God, because most of the time I don't want to do the will of God, but it's good for you to do the will of God. So now I'm going to try to talk you into and figure ways out to get you to, you know, decide, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
which you know I think is is tragic. I think, and now the the approach I like to take from an incumbent perspective is more like um, eat your filet mignon. Mm. You know, uh, yes, God has called you to do this, but there's nothing that will satisfy and delight those deep seated taste buds within you like doing the will of God. So that like Jesus, you can say, uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. It, it strengthens me. It delights me because of these new taste buds um, or inclinations, uh, as, as we might call them. And, yeah, and desire is such. Uh, I mean, it's a category that most Christians um, find intimidating, and sus- they look on it with suspicion. Because what they've had is they've had quoted to them verses like, you know, um, you're enticed by something, then drawn in, and eventually that desire leads to death. So they look at all desire under that category of, well, eventually it leads to death, or certainly not anything noble or worthy. Um, and it's certainly true that not all desires that pass through us, uh, even as in indwelt people, are of God. I mean, they can, right. there are mo- but but. What we haven't been taught is that there are multiple sources of desire, um, and one of those sources is the new heart, and those are signposts to us for a lot of things, signposts to us for what our calling can be. Uh, the, yeah. the desires of your heart that would lead to your calling, um, they're, they're there to help you combat temptation because then you can say, well, no, I have a new disposition. I really don't want that. I don't care how loud my flesh is screaming. Right. right. I don't want that. No, that's so good. I often you know, put it this way talking with people. I, I won't ask them, what do you want? I'll ask them, what do you really want? Mm. You know, I remember talking to a, a lady a couple of years ago, and you know, uh, we were talking. She was in a bad marriage, and and uh, you know, initially I asked her the question, "What do you want?" And just with rage, she said, "I want a divorce." I said, "I understand that." I said, "Now let me ask you another question: What do you really want?" And she thought for a moment, and she just softened, and, and tears started streaming down her eyes, and she said, "I really want my husband to love me." Mm. I said, "That's it." That's exactly right. Now you're getting, now we're getting down to the the new you, which I would argue is the real you, and and so forth. And so, um, and I, I do think you're exactly right, Jim. I, I think uh, Christendom for too long has been uh, overly suspicious of desires and emotions, and I think the way we've dealt with that is basically just to say, you know. Do what is right. I mean, that's where that part, where that model comes around. It doesn't matter what you feel like; just grit your teeth and do what is right. And and the uh, the the tragedy of that is is um, you know I think the calling of the scriptures you know is not do what's right; it's glut yourself in God. Mm. You know, dive headlong into the river of God and drink it dry, and and allow yourself to become blind drunk on the <laughs> Spirit of God who lives within you. You know, and, and so what we ha- what we end up with in Christianity is a subtle form of Buddhism, um, and what I mean by that is that you know in Buddhism, the goal is Nirvana, and and Nirvana is that 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 state, not where all of your needs are met, but where all your desires are extinguished, mm. and so and so perfect peace comes when you just don't care anymore. All those desires have been extinguished, and so you're at, at complete peace because you're just so dead on the inside. Well, I think that happens in Christendom, and, you know, uh, very subtly, but I think that essentially what we call contentment 
in the, the spiritual life very often is just what I call a sanctified form of Buddhism, and that is, you know, don't worry about that inner man. You know, don't worry about these desires. Just do what the Bible says. Follow Christ, you know, and everything will take care of itself. Whereas I think, you know, Jesus is saying, uh, I just like I, Isaiah 55, it's a great passage. He says, why do you spend money for what is not bread? Why do you labor for what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently unto me, eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. You know, and I just think, you know, <laughs> God's saying, hey, don't numb out on me. You know, just be sure that you come to me as the banquet and the feast and just gorge yourself on me. And then, you know, the do what is right basically is going to take care of itself. Well, Dwight, I- I wish we had more time, um, and I may actually split this into two podcasts, but um, sure. this has just been – it's always great to talk to you, and uh, I always come away with these absolute nuggets of of just truth to cling to. Um, so, you know, where can people go um, to find out more about your resources and what you're doing? Okay, thanks, Jim. Well, best thing is go to our website. It's called kindlingforthefire.com. Uh, just like it sounds, kindlingforthefire.com. And uh, all my books are on there. You can buy them online. I just came out with a brand-new book called Kindling for the Fire. Um, and it also has, a, it, it also has uh, uh, audio messages. And it, it, other than the books, everything's free on, on, the, on the, uh, the website. I mean, you can sign, sign up for my uh, – I have a devotional that comes out twice a week called Kindling for the Fire, and that's free as well. But the best thing to do would be just to go to that website and, and get on it. And under messages, there, there's an entire series on what we're talking about, the New Covenant. And you could just you know, listen to it or download it, whatever you want to do. And as I said, you know, it's all free. Um, and it's uh, just a kind of in-depth look at these different uh, um, uh, new purity, new identity, new disposition, new power, these different resources that we just, just talked about. So um, anyway, that would be your, your best bet. Well, again, Dwight, thanks. And um, and if you're interested, I'll, I'm going to post this podcast on my website, thegoodandnobleheart.com, and on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and again, thanks. Thanks, Dwight. Absolutely. Is, it it and, is so rich. Oh, that's great. Well, I'd love to, you know, continue on. And we, we also have a Facebook uh, post. It's just called Kindling for the Fire. And, uh, you know, if you'll send me it over, I'll post it on mine as well. I sure will. Anyway, great to talk with you again and connect. And, um, you know, I come away from every conversation, uh, again, becoming more of who I already am. So thanks, Dwight. Exactly. Hey, Jim, thanks. It's been a great, great time. All right.